which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. We have my esteemed co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, also on the line. And between Kathy and I, we are your leadership development coaches. You know, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And each show, we try to bring on somebody who's going to give you maybe a different perspective, something different to think about so you can do some small things differently for yourself and for your team. Today, show features Herb Stevenson. And Herb's going to talk about two in a box. And you may be wondering, what is two in a box? Well, we're going to tell you all about that. He is the president and CEO of Cleveland Consulting Group, where he focuses on organizations that recognize that business is more than just a problem to be solved. So this innovative program of Two in a Box is where Herb works with co-presidents and where the synergy of one plus one equals three. So we're going to get him to describe the process, uh, which can also help you, in collaboration with your peers and partners. I think a lot of things we're going to talk about will overlap, but his experience that we'll end up delving into is really working with co-presidents and how does that happen. A little bit more background around Herb. Uh, He has designed and successfully led large systems changes, including turnarounds in nine failing financial institutions, as well as supported executives in a massive reorganization planning and implementation processes. So he specializes in executive development and succession planning. He is a certified coach, as is Kathy and myself. And Herb is on the professional staff faculty of the postgraduate institute called Gestalt Institute of Cleveland. There he teaches both in the clinical and in the organizational centers. He is the chair of the postgraduate faculty of executive and organizational development becoming an effective organization intervener. So a wealth of information that we're going to hear from Herb. And let me bring on Kathy, and then I'll say a word about Kathy's background. Kathy, welcome. Thanks, Relly. I'm very excited to hear more about Two in the Box from Herb today. You know, he's such a unique professional, and he has such a, a different perspective. This is going to be an exciting show. And for those of you who don't know about Kathy, let me just say a word. Um, Kathy is leads executives and entire companies, and she has a proven method that's called happiness equals profit strategies. She has authored multiple books on the science of happiness, including what happy companies know, her latest uh, 
number one bestseller is What Happy Working Mothers Know, and she's touched millions of lives as a speaker uh, on TV, radio, and media as a media personality. She is the founder of the renowned executive consultancy, and it's called H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, and she currently offers friendly tips and tools to be your best at work at home on ABC's called The Morning Blend. And she also has a new uh, TV web TV show called Your Happiness Now. And her website, if you want to visit her and get more free downloads and access to your true talents around happiness and job satisfaction, the website is www.h2cleadership.com. Thanks, Relly. You know, we um, have so many unique listeners every week in addition to our regular audience, who we adore and are so grateful uh, that they listen in um, on a weekly basis. But, you know, it's always good to let everybody know who you are because you are such a phenomenal person in addition to being co-host and an author. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to brag a little bit about my friend, Dr. Relly Nadler. He is a master-level certified executive coach. And for those of you who don't know, there are only about 700 master-level certified coaches on a global basis. So that is kind of the highest of the high that you can get to as an executive coach. But he's also a psychologist. He's a corporate leadership and team trainer. And Dr. Nadler brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and development programs. Dr. Nadler's newest top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across industries and in your organization. His highly respected work is the focus of countless business journals, blogs, and online news features, and his programs are a mainstay at leading Fortune 500 companies. You can visit him at truenorthleadership.com for free downloads to access your best self and to learn more about being a top star performer through emotional intelligence. Relly, um, I'd like to just tell the audience a little bit about why we think, you know, in our opinion, leadership development news uh, is so helpful and why it's important now so than ever before. Sure, Kathy. We always like to give this evidence-based research. One of the reasons that we talk so much about leadership on leadership development news, 40% of organizations today say they're going to be experiencing a significant gap in the number of skilled and trained leaders available for new job opportunities. That's why we want to give you some tips and for yourself and the people that you're going to bring about. And we call this a brain drain. And there's a brain drain that's going on. Uh, One, America has lost 8 million jobs because of the Great Recession. Two, the baby boomers, you know, most of the folks between 55 and 65 are going to be leaving, creating a shortfall of about 10 million workers, you know, over the next 5, 10 years. And then the third uh, reason as far as the brain drain, Generation X and Y who are coming into these new leadership roles uh, very rapidly, often have less emotional intelligence than the folks who are leaving, the baby boomers. Part of that reason is just around more screen time than face time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we also are familiar with the idea that performance and job satisfaction are really closely tied to happiness, uh, actually by more than 93%. So leaders are in for some big surprises. But the good news is, I think, Raleigh, we have some solutions, not only in today's show, but in upcoming shows. Don't you agree? 
Definitely, uh, Kathy. So what we try to do, and this is what we're going to do with, with Herb, what are the things that he's doing with co-presidents that you can use? Now, maybe that's going to be someone on your, on your team or a partner that you're collaborating with. And the reason we are so enthused about um, leadership and providing these tips is that we know leaders have 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. So think about that as the emotional thermostat. The person who's the most contagious is the leader. They are the emotional thermostat for their team. Depending how they feel, often the team is going to replicate that. And we also know that someone uh, being in the top 10%, how do you get there, is these aspects on that, that we do on these shows, all kind of falling under the idea of emotional intelligence that has a, a series of competencies. We also know to get into the top 10%, once you get someone there, they're going to be twice as valuable to you as someone who is just meets expectations. So getting your people into exceeds expectations is critical. And some of the other just key data, we like to talk about the relationship with the boss. 75% of employees today dealing with their boss is the most stressful part of their day. And emotions are contagious. If you have that bad boss and it's something that goes on continually, your risk of a heart attack goes up about 20 to 40%. You know, we know, Kathy, I don't know if you've seen the new movie, Was It Bad Bosses? I think I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have some material from there. So maybe, Kathy, you can tell us a little bit about uh, Excel and, and then the set point aspect. Sure. I mean, one of the things that uh, Relly and I have done to complement our backgrounds in emotional, excuse me, emotional intelligence and happiness is to create the Excel Institute, and that's excellence in coaching for executive leadership. And if you go to www.excel, and that's xcelinstitute.com, you can learn a lot more. But what Relly and I have done is basically taken a lot of the foundations and the important relevant formations, if you will, from emotional intelligence and the science of happiness. Of course, you know, Martin Seligman has his new book out on Flourish, which is added to this. And at the Excel Institute, we try to help you save time and, um, and use conscious, what we call, assessment so that you can be your best. And one of those things is influenced by what we know as a set point. Um, a set point is a genetic basis, if you will, for how you can become the best leader you can. And here's the good news. Even if 50% of your genetic predisposition or your set point, like weight or hair color, um, says you're a glass half empty, we have tons and tons of wonderful opportunities, tools, tips, and techniques for you to increase that set point dramatically and make you not only a great leader, but a happier, more optimistic, and valuable leader. So at Leadership Development News, we'll teach you the simple habits you need to be successful, and you can go to Excel Institute to learn more about that. Well, great, Kathy. Let me just say a little bit more uh, about Herb, and then we're going to bring him on. He's supported clients from small firms to extremely large firms doing what what he does best, kind of integrating a lot of the organizational development concepts Companies like Fannie Mae, the World Bank, First Merit Bank, uh, HP, Hewlett-Packard, NASA, uh, Blue Cross Shield, and uh, Amerigroup. So it goes on and on. And he's had over 25 years, uh, you know, as a 
working as a business executive. For 15 years, he was the executive vice president of Young & Associates, which is in Ohio, and it's a banking consulting firm employing approximately 25 professionals and staff. Um, Herb also combines his Native American heritage with his interest in human development, and he's the founder of the International Natural Passage for Men program. It's a nature-based leadership program. It's comprised of four weekends, and he does that uh, over a year and explores leadership and also the male maturity. He's received his B.A. in economics and communication from Wright State uh, in Ohio and an M.A. in organization psychology with diversity and specialization from the Cleveland State University. He has a ton of different certifications, National Training Leadership uh, Lab. He's certified in the program that both Kathy and I and Herbal graduated from, the College of Executive Coaching. He's uh, studied the immunity to change, which we'll touch a little bit on, developed by Kagan and Leahy at, at the Harvard University. Uh, he's also very familiar with the Myers-Briggs, a lot of the tools that, you know, that Kathy and I and a lot of the uh, coaches want to use. So, Herb, Really, we're going to be right music. back. We're going to go for a quick break, and then we're going to bring her back. So don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, whatheppyworkingmothersknow.com, or for distinctive learning, 
training, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're going to begin our conversation with Herb Stevenson. We'll give you his website. Um, it's www.clevelandconsultinggroup.com, all connected, clevelandconsultinggroup.com. And, and so, Herb, we always like to start off just talking about leaders and who are some of the people who have influenced you the most? Uh, that's an interesting question. I had to think about that a little bit. Uh, um, the, one that, the ones that did the most to me or shifted me the most uh, – was because clear back to when I was in college, I was one of those. Uh, you hear these stories of a couple of professors taking somebody and putting them under their wing. And uh, there was a professor in communications, Dr. Sarah, and then in economics, Dr. Wiggins. And uh, the combination of the two actually said, We're going to teach you how to think, which ended up being a blessing because they actually helped me to look at theory and how to apply it and develop it. My later years, um, obviously, some of the greats, Chris Argerus. Edwin Nevis from Gestalt and Fritz Perls uh, have impacted me. So um, they've shaped how I focus and uh, look at the world. As you're speaking, Herb, I, I hear that there's a lot of professional people that have been highly influential in your life. Have there been people in your native American background that have been influential? I'm just curious because I come from a, a native American background myself. Sure. Um, yeah, there's uh, some elders that uh, actually brought me in because I wasn't raised in a Native American environment, um, even though where I grew up was in the middle of uh, originally Native uh, country or Indian country in Ohio. Um, J.T. Garrett uh, is one of the Cherokee elders, and he helped me uh, to integrate that into my uh, heritage uh, in, back into who I am, and it's you're, you are correct. It's very much a part of me, and people who know me uh, meet me the first time are usually surprised because you know my three foot long ponytail is it's not necessarily corporate. And it's what's really, I, I think, absolutely um, astonishing is you have such an energy and such a presence when people meet you. I think they're astonished to begin with, but. Let, let me get us back on track here on the, the co-president process. And I know, Relly, you're dying to get in here, too. But, you know, years and years ago, the first co-presidents I had ever uh, learned about, um, had any interaction with, were at Goldman Sachs. And, um, you know, I really haven't heard of a lot of other co-presidents, but it seems like you have been working with them for quite some time um, across different organizations. So what got you interested in the co-president process, and how did you come up with the name, Two in the Box? 
actually, the two in a box, I'm not sure if I invented it or not. I'm thinking somebody else did because it, it's, it's been used so frequently. If I, if I did, uh, <laughs> I, I would surprise myself. But how I got into it is, is what happens oftentimes to consultants. I, um, I had studied it years ago. Uh, Warren Bennis had come out with a book on it um, with, uh, I can't remember his first name. His last name is Heenan, I believe. And uh, but it talked about it from a two in a box. Traditionally, was is the CEO COO, and out of that, uh, there have been actually multiple examples. Uh, Hewlett Packard, obviously, uh, the individuals, not just the company, were a two in a box per se. Uh, Michael Dell tried that for a while. Um, there's there's been various efforts to do this. What was unique about this uh, goes back to the actual litter example. I've been doing live for three years. I had a, a family-owned business. It was the family was moving out of the uh, leadership role and had two candidates trying to or vying for the position. And in the conversations with the owner, he said, my biggest concern is, is when I select one, the other one will leave. And so we came up with, I said, well, would you consider a shared leadership? And we called it the, the two in a box. And um, out of that process, um, we really uh, have refined this. It's been a trial and error, looking at theories, other models, uh, until we actually came to, to where we are now, which is two years of record success, uh, both growth and profit-wise. So we want to kind of get into this a little bit more, Herb. So um, we all know people who are presidents of, of organizations have a lot of initiative, achievement orientation, often a big kind of uh, ego. You know, what are some of the key challenges about having two presidents share the role? Um, that's probably the best question there is. Uh, it, succinctly, I'll phrase it uh, as buy-in and commitment of the board, uh, the same for the outgoing executive team, and then the two candidates. Um, the reason I say that is, is, is I come from a systems perspective. And if the board is not fully committed, or the outgoing executive team, or even the individual candidates. Um, and the way I, I say that commitment buy-in, I require a minimum of one year that this, this is not negotiable, this is how we're going to do it. Uh, because part of it comes down to is, is that, that I experienced going through with these guys is, I mean, we've all heard the great man theory or there can only be one mm-hmm. uh, theory that, that permeates corporate culture. And uh, so these guys get moving along after 20 years, and they're wanting to take the helm, and you suddenly say, and we're going to attach you to the hip with another person. Um, There's a very visceral reaction. And so buy-in and commitment at all levels of system are are critical. And I'll I'll tell you a a story of how much this permeates. Uh, In this specific situation, as we moved along, and I was able to work with other people within the organization, I discovered they had gotten a, uh, created a betting pool that it wouldn't work. Mm. So even the employees couldn't fathom how uh, a two-in-a-box situation could uh, could work, and yet it's, it's now they're seeing it and uh, the actual results of it, and, and it's changed the entire organization. Now, it's interesting that you're, you talk about this visceral experience and how the employees kind of get involved in a negative way. Um, in in the little bit of experience that I have kind of read about in these situations as well, Herb, and I loved you to I would love for you to comment on this. Often, uh, this um, 
this match that's supposed to be, you know, kind of a marriage made in heaven that makes the incoming president much better and gives him some oversight uh, can also create some disadvantages. And you've just discussed a couple of them. So how do you get that back on track? What do you do to help them see the merits of these challenges? Uh, part of it is is, is <laughs> leverage their pride a little bit because uh, to to get them to want to buy in and, and say, you know, let's just try this or get people, prove people wrong. And, and interestingly, uh, some people really will will join into that process. The the other side of it is, is, is and this is a key piece when as the consultant, is I had to be the voice that continually brings the message of what we're trying to do. And as I talk in the various organizations, is give people saying, give it a chance and, and be open-minded. Don't close your mind and automatically look to the negative. And so I would start pointing out successes at the board level, in this case the family level, uh, to the outgoing executives, and also to the employees. And people then began to start telling me stories of the successes they were seeing and how meetings were handled differently, how effective they were working together. Excellent. So I imagine that's got to be huge. Uh, you know, we always talk about change. You know, how do you highlight the small wins and, and all the doubt that this may create, you know, having two two presidents. One of the things I know uh, you've presented at different uh, conferences like Linkage where we just were, and this idea of this co-leadership success, you know, has a lot of different ingredients. You know, and I know you've been kind of well-versed in the literature. What would you say are, are some of the key ingredients that really make this this um, dyad successful. Uh, there's a uh, a process that I call it when, I, when we say the ingredients. There's a process, uh, some things that I, I really work on, and I found that are, are um, I call them critical success factors. So I, say, I guess ingredients are the same thing. Uh, one is is working with them around self awareness. Now, obviously, both of you coming from your areas of science of happiness and emotional intelligence, understand the research says that if the executive does not have or have a desire for self-awareness, their chances of being in the top 10% is very slim. So that's one of the key places. And when I start off, I do a lot of assessments. I, I joke to them saying, we're going to do um, a series of assessments that's going to provide you more information about yourself than you want to know. And later they usually say it's true. So, but the second thing that creates the that is a critical one is around the concept of engagement. And so, if we don't have engagement, especially during difficult times, there is no two in a box. Uh, basically, you have two individuals stuck in a box, but you do not get the the value. So, one of the earliest things I I teach on a constant basis is pause, reflect, and choose. And the Say idea, that again? pause, reflect, choose. Oh, okay. I actually even suggest they put PRC on the monitor of their computer. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of it, it comes down to is to help them to fully understand the impact of their position mm-hmm. and also the impact they have on each other. And so when I ask them to pause, uh, it's just a microsecond, but it's to quickly witness themselves, the other person, the situation, and what is the best option for me to, to choose and then move on that, that situation. Tied to that, I normalize negative reactions. I mean, uh, the differences are, are important, as we'll, we'll chat about that shortly. 
and so what I, I normalize is, is it's okay to get mad. It's also okay to disagree. But what I want to know is, is how are you going to recover and repair the situation and or the relationship? And that's between each other as well as anybody else in the organization. And that's become, uh, excuse me, a collaborative approach that I use that's helped them and now has actually permeated the organization because others have seen him, seen the two of them, do this. And as a result, we've, uh, for lack of a better phrase, uh, matured the organization in how we deal with conflict. The next area that, that is, is critical is trust. And we all talk about trust a lot, but from an executive point of view, the, the way I look at trust is, is, is um, going back to something that comes out of Gestalt. And Gestalt is taught there can be no trust unless we learn how to constructively deal with conflict. Because uh, another way of saying it, which will make it sound obvious, is if we uh, do not have a constructive way to deal with conflict, then I'm always going to be slightly hesitant engaging in difficult subjects. We're not going to have a true dialogue. And so one of the things I work with is to support them of how do we create a constructive way to, to deal with the conflict. Uh, put this in a different terms, um, most executives um, depending on their, their style, we either revert to blunt force, power dynamics, uh, or divide-and-conquer behaviors that lead to a uh, separation of the process. When you talk about um, the separation of the process, uh, and I, we'll think about this during the break because we're going to take a quick one and we're going to come back, I'd like you to share a little bit about some of the distinctions that you make. Uh, this is Leadership Development News, so don't go away. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. 
Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com, or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Today we're talking with Herb Stevenson. He's got this concept where he works with two presidents and really has them connect and, and try to get that synergy. One plus one equals three. And Herb, as we were talking about before the break, just a couple things to kind of highlight that you were saying. Uh, you know, I think Kathy uh, also does this, just w- w- trying to bring people together and get them to know that they will go through conflict. Often around groups, we talk about the uh, forming, storming, norming, performing. And, and when I talk about it, it's just to know you're going to go through a storm. It's uncomfortable. It's the conflict, Herb, that you were talking about. So I think it's that idea of raising their awareness, like you're saying, to know here's what to expect so they don't react. And, uh, you know, I really liked what you, know, what you said uh, just in regards to the pause, reflect, choose, so that they can maybe get through some of that conflict. So maybe you can walk us through a couple more of the tools and some of the aspects of how you get them to do that. Okay. Um, well, the last two parts of uh, what I call crit- critical success factors is to teach them how to, to dialogue. Um, most, of, most executives are taught very quickly how to listen and discuss, but dialogue is a little different at, at a co-presence because about 20% of their process is, is a place where by better listening to the opposing opinions and neither of them coming in with the idea of having to win, uh, we create basically new information or a new understanding. Now, let me clarify why that's so critical. Um, Let's use Myers-Briggs, for example. If I have an individual who's an introverted uh, and the other person is extroverted, we're going to have a clash in just styles of how they present themselves publicly. Mm -hmm. So it's it's helping them to monitor that. One person needs to speak a little bit more, and the other person needs to speak a little less. And it's a very simplistic approach to it. Um, another person, let's, let's say, is intuitive and the other person is sensing. So the one loves lots of details and the other one prefers more conceptual. So what I try to do is, is to help them understand what their strengths are and preferences versus what the others are and then see how do we leverage that into something that creates much better decisions. That leads then to the last concept, which is holism. And a lot of people aren't familiar with it, but it, in essence, it means the whole is more than the sum of the parts. In other words, as a human being, I am, as a person, more than just all the cells and organs in my body. Um, so when I apply that to a co-presidency, is what we found out is, is if they practice dialogue, they work on the trust, uh, 
create engagement and they continue to, to focus on self-awareness, the impact is, is we actually get a result greater than the two of them could have gotten by themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea of one plus one equals three. Well, that's great, uh, and that's exactly what you're trying to do is get that synergy. As you were saying that, Herb, I'm thinking about one of the – in the entertainment industry, I work with folks who are co-directors, and it's that same kind of thing. They'd be looking at scene shots, and, and you know, very quickly the clock is ticking. And if they didn't really understand their differences, you'd have the same person who is quick on the take you know, and go out there and overpower the person who may have been more thoughtful – about what needs to be done. And, and so just that knowing each other so they don't step in each other's toes is, toes is huge. It absolutely is. And, and out of that, um, I can go into even further detail about the yeah. developmental process of the dyad. Go ahead. Sure. Uh, so what we have on the one side, if we think about it, we have two individuals, but oftentimes we don't realize that those two individuals, when they function together, uh, create something more. A classic example is, is when people get married. Um, you know, we have the husband, we have the wife, but we have the marriage, which is the dynamics between the two of them. So one of the things that I, I've worked very heavily with them is to help them understand that they are a dyad. And so we have to do three things. One, we have to define the parameters of what is this dyad. Uh, we have to determine what's the common ground that they both of them understand. And then we have to discover the potential of so that we can get one plus one equals three. So if you think about it, most executives do not take a lot of time to define uh, their relationship with some situation. Um, and it's, it's, it's really interesting to me when I watch this. So I, when I first ask these questions, they get a little surprised. But the clarifying process I ask the two of them to at least consider is who and what are you, meaning the other person, who and what am I, and who and what are we, which is saying that there is two individuals, and there is something that we're trying to create as a dyad. And the impact of that is, is at first they think I'm absolutely crazy. Uh, I've been accused of uh, smoking funny things and all sorts of uh, different things. But what happens over time, and, and this has been uh, the, especially in this co-presidency I've been working with for three years, they have begun to realize that they have gotten results that they couldn't have gotten by themselves if they were running the company by themselves. Hmm. And in this one situation, they tripled the profits during a 45% growth phase, didn't have quality problems, no manufacturing problems or production problems. Um, And this was during the recession. And they realized that they were able to create something far beyond the two of them. And that's when they began to understand one plus one equals three. Hmm. When when we talk about the synergy mm-hmm. of two individuals. Uh, it reminds me very much of the work that I had done um, on global leadership, next generation, mm-hmm. and the importance of recognizing. In your case, Herb, you have obviously a stunning success with with co-leaders. But would you, or could you, agree on this concept? And that is that networks of leaders with very different skill sets that complement each other could also be another successful model in achieving some of the, I want to say, dramatic results that you've just described. 
Well, where where I went when I listened to what you were saying, Kathy, is is because uh, my first answer is yes, I, I agree that's possible. But let me let me share uh, how this is is has affected this specific company. Because we focused on the dyads, the impact was is we took all of these concepts of self awareness, engagement, trust, and dialogue, and went to this entire strategic leadership team, taught them the same skill base. Mm. The impact of that was is the uh, board of directors came back and said, I feel like I'm in a new company. The quality of the dialogue, the quality of of the uh, insights and processes, and that now has permeated out to the entire organization. And so it has created a network effect uh, through in this specific case. Perfect. And... um, Coming back, because you and I share this, the system's perspective, uh, if you don't deal with the whole system, the system will deal with you. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so uh, I just, uh, and now they're looking at third generation, which is to say we're going down to the middle management level, which is the place where we'll stop and at this point probably uh, start to to do the disengagement process for me so that they can move forward. But um, out of it was is, is to realize that, you know, it can't be just a top. And a couple examples uh, that goes further to how impactful this was. Uh, there was another area where we had uh, an obvious potential for another two in a box, but it was at a lower level. And the impact has been is the results of those two individuals in their two areas, which are semi-merged now, um, have gone up. And they realize they're getting better decisions. And uh, when uh, a while back an individual looked at me and, and said it and, and, and admitted that he didn't think it was possible. So it's, it's interesting when we get some of our own clutter out of the way and we start having a set of rules of how to stay engaged, how to trust, and how to dialogue, we get one plus one equals three. So what's that, uh, that one plus one equals three and the trust and the, and the dialogue um, have you found some good ways about resolving differences? And I think, you know, Kathy and I both know, you know, in sort of youth, Herb, in around the brain neuroscience stuff, that anytime there's conflict, people probably are going to want to freeze up and walk away. But somehow with the trust, you get them to talk about it. But what are, like, how, how do you get them to resolve the conflicts? Are there some kind of key things that our listeners could say, oh, I could do that with maybe the peer I'm having a conflict with? The, there's, there's a couple of things. I, I said some background things. For example, is, is I work with them closely to begin to value their interdependence. Um, the idea of what I'm trying to do is, and I'm going to, this is kind of a high level, and then I'll come down to the specifics. Um, I also get them to identify as the dyad for their own success. Based on those then two assumptions, I work with them directly by doing assessments on their conflict styles so that they know what their styles are and, mm-hmm. and, and so that you know one may preferred style be, may be to uh, compete, which is uh, basically win and crush the, the other one. And, and the second one may be collaboration. And by understanding their styles, they begin to understand how they trigger each other. Now, I, I set up some basic rules with them. If we have a, a blow-up, uh, we have three days to recover and repair. And I asked them to basically commit to that. And what's happened is, through time, they realize 
uh, like in this situation, one individual goes for a walk, comes back in five minutes later, sits down and says, okay, this is where you're at, this is where I'm at, what do we need to do to get beyond this? Again, the, the issue is is focus on the success of the diet or, or the co-presidency. And Herb, I'm going to ask you to just hold that thought for one minute. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Okay. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com, or for distinctive learning practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with uh, Herb Stevenson today. His uh, website, if you're interested in, is www.clevelandconsultinggroup.com. If you want to get some more information, you're interested in this two-in-a-box dealing with uh, two presidents. 
And Herb, we, during a break, we were saying it may be worthwhile to get uh, specific about how long is this process? Do you see them individually? Do you see them also together? What does that look like for someone who may be interested in this? And then we'll get into one of your other uh, concepts, judge or learner. So what, what does it look like on a practical level? How long are you with them? What's it look like individual versus dyad? Mm-hmm. Um, the process, if we remember, it's you're in, uh, trying to create a, um, at an organization, it would be a culture change at an individual level. It's, it's just, you're changing the entire style of leadership. So it's, it's not a quick fix. Um, the entire first year was focused on uh, individual coaching to support the two individuals to have greater self-awareness, uh, laying foundations of engagement, and, and um, that was four hours of individual coaching uh, uh, starting off, uh, I believe it was weekly at the beginning, and then it was uh, biweekly for the rest of a year. And uh, during that period, it was done individually, so I was focusing on both of them, supporting them to, to experiment, to, to try some of the things that I was suggesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, slowly, we then began to get some results, because part of the process is, is, is always to remember this about an executive at this level. Uh, they're already highly skilled and extremely talented, and they have a style of leadership that is thoroughly ingrained, and you're trying to bend it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't pay attention to the fact that you're trying to bend it, it will frustrate them to to the point that they'll just say, you know, enough of this, and they're gone, and your your chances of success are, are uh, slim. So that's the first part. Then the second part of the second year is became doing more joint types of things. So the the number of hours coaching them individually was being reduced um, to two hours twice a month. Uh, but in there would be two hours of coaching them together twice a month, supporting them to have conversations. Um, as we got to the third year, and they're basically I'm coaching them uh, just on occasion, uh, the thing that we created was is the co-presidents retreat. So once a month we would go off-site and have uh, basically a meeting of the critical issues and conversations they need to have. And one of the things I required so that we didn't get into hidden agendas and things of that nature was that the agenda could not be created until we got to the session and it had to be done jointly. And again, practicing the idea of dialogue, engagement, trust. And the impact of that has been is they've adopted that actually in some of their meetings with uh, some of their direct reports, uh, finding that by doing that and, and not coming in with such a, a preset agenda, people don't come in and, and robotically answer or various other things. That is amazing, Herb. Just that in and of itself is just an amazing concept. Well, it, it changes everything, and it, it really forces us to be fully present, which is a, a core concept that I, I'm constantly working on because that's the essence of pause, reflect, and choose. Who do I want to be and how do I want to be in this moment? So it's it's a, so far it's a three year process. It's it's actually coming up on a three year anniversary uh, next month, and then I'm doing the phase down now of pretty much moving out of this organization. I'll be around just doing touch ups quarterly for maybe a year, and uh, but they've had two spectacular years, and uh, the new leadership is fully ingrained. The board is very happy, and the, the owner, family ownership, is very happy. That's huge. Well, it sounds like uh, an incredible process, not only for the two leaders and for yourself, obviously, but for the culture. Mm-hmm. And I know 
you've also, like with the turnarounds for some of the nine banks that you've had, you've kind of well uh, immersed in culture change. When uh, a lot of times people would ask me, I'm sure they ask you, Kathy, too, so how long does it take to to change your culture? So this is one change, the co-presidents, but like in general, when you get that question, Herb, what, what do you say as far as kind of a culture change? Maybe there's an acquisition, maybe there's, um, you know, complete turnaround, you know, from values. How long does that take to get ingrained and really take in an organization? Minimum three years, mm-hmm. um, because it has to be habitualized. Uh, we will always regress under stress, and so the impact is is usually three. Uh, Ed Shine and others, uh, a lot of people who do culture change like I do, say five to seven to institutionalize it. Um, the issue is is unless you're really fully committed to moving towards it. Uh, it becomes problematic, and and so when I'm doing, for example, culture changes, I prefer to start at the top at the executive leadership, and then slowly permeate it down. Because if you can walk the talk, the company can follow. But if you can't walk the talk, they're just going to say same old, same old, uh, or as they uh, often say, uh, you know, here's the latest fad. And if you uh, take a deep breath and get a cup of coffee, uh, that will be gone, and another will be coming. Uh-huh. And that, unfortunately, that uh, we we are so prone to wanting instantaneous results, and we're not really un- understanding uh, culture is created over long term, and it's uh, it's like the air we breathe and, and the water we swim in, and, and we don't pay attention to it until you take it away. Mm. So it's uh, not not simple. Um, so the hardest part is 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 if you can get the the leadership to buy into the culture change, then generally speaking, you can your chances of success are very high. One of the things that I'm sure many of our listeners are wondering is, even if it's a three-year process to get to the, um, you know, the, the the great place where you are now with these organizations, could you safely say that there are some milestones along the way that can be achieved that can have an impact on the result, and it it's not a necessarily cumulative effect uh, waiting to get to three years. Um, oftentimes you have a, what, it's, um, the placebo effect, which is, is the sheer fact that we come in and, and do something, and if you properly announce it throughout the system, um, and I, I come from a positive orientation, it's not saying that I, I neglect or ignore the, the other, but I'm, I'm, I do, do focus towards the positive or possibility thinking. Well, Herb, you've been terrific. I just want to remind everybody that they can find you at clevelandconsultinggroup.com. And uh, Rally, I'll just thank everybody for tuning in to tune up their performance with Leadership Development News. Thank you, folks. Thank you, Herb. Thank you. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.